What is up? Welcome back to The Dad Who Dabs. I am the Diligent Dabber, a cannabis enthusiast, patient, and product reviewer, and this week I'm coming to you guys with an interview with one of the stars of Trailer Park Boys, Jacob Rolf. In this interview, we discuss art, cannabis, traveling, and a whole bunch more. So let's get into it. Yo! How's it going, Jacob? How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. How's uh, the sound? I'm using an external microphone here. And my laptop, laptop uh, camera. Work, yeah, working loud and clear, man. How are you doing today? Good, good. Oh, yeah. I'm just working on stuff. Good shit. Now I'm, uh, now I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate I, you joining me today, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Of course. This is the first interview I've ever really done. So I really appreciate you uh, with your patience with me while I uh, go through my questions and stuff that I got ready. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's going to awesome. be really chill. Yeah, it's going to be us talking. I've never done an interview, so uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've I've never been on your side of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll I'll try to answer questions, and uh, yeah, thank you for bearing with me um, I as I attempt to do so. <laughs> All right, first question I got. So, what are you working on right now? I know you like to do your art, and I always follow your Instagram, seeing all the new stuff that you come up with. Are you working on art? Do you like music at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on art stuff. Um, I like music, but don't uh, have anything to do with it other than listening to it from time to time. I, you know, I don't listen to as much music now as I used to. Um, maybe I should put some on this afternoon. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's just it's, so often it's like YouTube in the background rather than music, so it's probably, which is not a good thing, I don't think. Just background noise all the time. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, you know, may as well have musical noise. If you're going to have background True. noise. Yep. So how'd you get into art? Have you been working on art your entire life? Is it something you got into as an adult? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been a doodler always, I guess. And uh, like when I was a kid, I used to like drawing. And my parents would, you know, encourage me to draw and give me like crayons and stuff, I guess. Of course. The, the, the tools for drawing. Uh and then, but like, like I was never that, I mean, in, in our school, I, I did some art classes, uh, but it was never like a plan until after I went to university and I was like, holy fuck, like, not, not like I want to do anything academic, but I definitely, the fact that I was not academically minded, like writing essays and stuff, like I sucked in high school and I sucked, sucked even more in university and just even just having one, like, like like ruins my life basically like nothing, <laughs> nothing but stress at least like once it comes time once i can't avoid it anymore i guess i'm also a procrastinator so it's a complicated uh, situation I, I deal with that too i totally understand <laughs> and not that procrastinating doesn't like hasn't uh, made its way into my art life as an artist because it d definitely has big time but uh gosh i think i've gotten away from the uh from the original uh, question what was it again <laughs> no just how did you get into art at all like how did you start <laughs> oh yeah i guess doodling yeah, in yeah, my doodling in my notebooks in at school do you find it hard to get inspiration or because like you said you tell you procrastinate a little bit it's hard to finish a project when you start working on it if it's not exactly what you want so do you find it hard yeah i find it hard if like often if it's something i don't want to do i'll just put it off and if i'm having like a problems with something often they'll sort of just get like filed into like oh that's becoming challenging don't want to do it which could then just be like all right we're just gonna ignore that as much as possible um 
but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it, it's more of a character flaw on my part than like uh, anything to do with inspiration or not. I, I do find working for like like on third party projects where it can often cramp my style, which is like a interesting dynamic. Like once I recognize that it happens, I can try to work around it. But even so, it's like often does crop up. Um, whereas if it's me just doing my own thing, I find. Um, I can definitely still hit roadblocks or sort of, you know, artist block type situations, but it's at least when it's only me who I have to sort of satisfy, it's a lot easier than having to like sort of like try to figure out what somebody else wants. Of course. Or even yeah. worrying about what they want or how they're going to see it can really, you know, um, kind of like block the flow sometimes. Although not always. There's times too when. There's projects where I would have just given up, like, oh, this is not, you know, going well. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna move on. But by being forced to work through it, you can really get great results, which never would have seen the light of day. Um, That's so true. Who the, who the frig knows, you know, what's, uh, what's best. So I just try not to like stress about stuff too much and uh, just see what happens. Easier said than done sometimes. Of but, course. <laughs> yeah. So that was actually leading to my next question. What's your favorite kind of art to do? You already kind of said it was more art for yourself and not like commissioned art for like a band or for a venue. So is, yeah, is that yeah. Fun? usually I just like, uh, like if, if I could just like smoke some weed and yeah. draw something that I like or draw something and just like with no sort of a specific plan for it, then, you know, if it turns out being something that I like and want to make a print of, that's great. If it's not, then Hey, no pressure. No harm, no foul. But yeah, like my, my process is basically getting high and like doodling and seeing what happens. That's, uh, that's a great process, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess sometimes I'll have an idea of what I want to do beforehand, but like usually not um, um, as far as I could tell, I think. <laughs> I'm not really sure how, like where the ideas come from or what, like what what happens like in my brain. You know? <laughs> so, so what do the guys think of your art, Rob, Mike, and JP? Cause I see that they actually comment on your stuff a lot and they, they like your pictures. Oh, like on, like on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so what was the question? What do they yeah. think about yeah, it? What, what do they think of your art? Yeah. I didn't even smoke. I, I smoked a joint like hours ago, a small one this morning. I've, I've been cutting back on the weed I smoke, but I, I did this huge edible two days ago, and I was still getting over it. That's like, awesome. I, I felt I was over it this morning. Like, definitely today, I'm way better than yesterday. Yesterday, I was fucked. Like, I couldn't basically do anything, <laughs> um, or at least use it as an excuse not to do anything. I've got more of them here. I, here's the empty package. What kind of? I normally don't. I normally don't. It's just like it's from a like a. What are they called? Like unlicensed producers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was like a little, uh, like, um, bag of goodies that was sent to me by these guys. Uh, a little grab bag, a little surprise. It's, it's like a super strong 500 milligram gummy. It, you know, got, they even put a little uh, warning <laughs> thing on the back. But you know how, like, I don't know if you've ever done like super strong edibles, oh, yeah. but I've tried various ones that were 500 milligrams and they've always been like underwhelming. Like, I would eat it and be like, okay, like, this is, I'm going to be on the floor, mm -hmm. in, you know, an hour. And they'd be nice, but they wouldn't be, you know, like 50 times as strong as a 10 milligram of gun. Of course. Kind yeah. of thing, you know. 
But this one, I think, truly was uh, 50 times stronger than a 10 milligram gummy. <laughs> it's, I woke up in the middle of the night. I could barely even walk to the bathroom. Uh, like I was just like kind of like just stumbling, like mega baked. And then the next morning too, I was like, "What the hell?" I thought I'd be okay by now. <laughs> Didn't open my eyes. Like what happened? Like oh yeah, I ate that whole thing. <laughs> That's how you know and it's a good was- edible, man. I- I've had edibles that say they're 500 milligrams, and d- like you said, it does not hit me the same at all as some other ones. Yeah, so you really got to, I guess. Uh, I mean, I-, I did eat. I took a bite of that first, like. And then a few hours later, I ate the rest of the thing. So I did test, you know, sort of test it. But uh, I somehow misjudged how uh, strong it was going to be. Or just like, I was speaking to everyone, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll just be it. fine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was that was something. That was the strongest, uh, like, edible experience I've had. Um, and it, like, it was good, but it was... I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was sort of more than necessary, I would say. Was it, like, almost like a psychedelic experience? No, well, like the night of, it was just like a sleepy experience. Oh, I don't know what, uh, like when I ate the, I, here, I'll show you one of these things. Yeah. I bit off, it's it's a weed leaf shaped gummy. And I think I just bit off two of the leaves the first, <laughs> uh, you know, first, and then ended up eating the whole rest of the thing. Well, it's really uh, sticking in here. Woo! Okay, okay. So the other one was a bit more. The other one was a bit more formed. Uh, looks uh, good. Was it like green apple flavored or something? Looks. Yeah, I think so. I'm a bit. Oh man, I better not uh, lick my fingers <laughs> after last time. Um. Yeah, I, I took it at night, and so it just pretty much like put me to sleep. And then all day yesterday, I was just sort of like too stone yeah. to work you couldn't even uh, enjoy it like really so yeah not not really i was asleep for most of the most of it's like most active time and then i was pretty stunned like waking up that stone i was sort of stunned and not, i i just didn't smoke weed really all day long yeah. until the afternoon um like there was no need but but i was kind of like yeah i guess i was a bit like it was a bit much because i wasn't expecting it and i wanted to get some work like more stuff done yesterday um uh so yeah it was just like the wrong context the wrong, so the wrong timing <laughs> I'll, I'll do one again in the morning and there you uh, go and see what happens i guess uh but yeah it was good it was super strong thank you uh 226 dank that's so cool right there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you feel about your role getting bigger on the show as time went on because i know you were in the first episode so you're basically like an og cast member from the show but your role yeah, really yeah. grew yeah i mean i I loved it. I mean, it was like, like very surreal sort of dream come true in a way. Although I'm not, I mean, I didn't have a dream to be an actor ever since, yeah. like at least not since like junior high when I, you know, I guess became a bit more realistic in my expectations from life. And, uh, and also knew that I, I, I guess realized I had stage fright basically. And like oh. acting wasn't for me. Um, and so it sort of fell into my lap. Um, Back in the yeah, season one of Trailer Park Boys, and uh, yeah, when they expanded the role, that was I was super surprised and delighted to yeah to hear it. I think I was in like uh, Vietnam when I got an email from my mom being like, Whoa. "Trailer Park Boys producers want to talk to you." <laughs> Why were you in Vietnam? If you don't mind me asking, 
Oh, just like traveling around. Oh, that's cool. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, avoiding avoiding the winter here, basically, and like doing like like checking out cool stuff, basically. You Why know, not? Like, you only live once, man. You might as well experience it. Yeah, yeah. Good reasons to travel. So do you do you work on Swearnet with the guys at all right now, or do you just do the guest appearances on the podcast sometimes in the park after dark? Yeah, I just like yeah, I, I've got no involvement in that beyond like when the phone rings or I get an email, you know, I'll be like. Yeah, yeah, here I am. Sounds good. But yeah, no, no, I've got no like uh, influence um, on what's going on on SwearNet, uh, or else I would get them to call me more often. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, man, I love the the episode that you're in and the the live show that you were in with them for like the four hours. It was great. Always a good time. Yeah, there's been a few things over the uh, over the pandemic, which has been yeah, which were fun. But it's cool. They got some different stuff happening down at the uh, down at Swernet these days, and uh, there's apparently some Trailer Park Boy stuff coming down the uh, down the pike. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the rumors are true, um, I mean, I saw a video of like Mike Smith or and maybe even the other boys like talking to like folks at fan conventions, Ooh. saying there was a bunch of stuff coming. So it's at least That's from the cool, horse's man. mouth. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So is there, what's something from behind the scenes of the show that most people wouldn't know? That's just like a weird thing that always happened while you guys were making the show. If you could remember something. Oh, um, gosh. Gosh, there's so much like, I guess little things that happen. It's hard. I mean, one thing they, even these days, they still write me in as, Trevor in, in the scripts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they're, they're so used to saying Corey and Trevor that like they write it in the scripts, and then it'll happen on set as well. People will be like, "Just Jesus. call me Trevor." Be like, "Dude, I think you're way way funnier than Trevor." I love the dynamic between you and Corey. It's so funny. Just, just you guys are hilarious together. That's nice. I mean, uh, uh, Trevor was definitely an awesome. You know, character oh, yeah, of in course. Space. Like, so, so understated, but... Uh, I love when he stood up to Ricky, though. He was the only one who really, like, gave Ricky any shit in the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, like, they, they did get sent on, like, ridiculous sort of, like, uh, tasks as well, but it was a bit more understated, kind of, often, or at least the interactions. Oh, yeah. uh, it's like the show got a bit more kind of, like, wild and crazy yeah. in the later seasons, like, with the, like, more wacky kind of, like shit going down like you're getting kicked by a horse and breaking your neck and all that shit <laughs> yeah 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 stuff like that yeah i also i i do my own stunts on that show usually yeah, cool. but that horse one i didn't do um, <laughs> i got they they try to make me do it but i was not comfortable no fucking way it. man it's <laughs> too much risk even, involved in that even getting behind the horse was like that I, I had to do and i was like nervous but the horse was like i was talking through it like the horse handler there was there she explained that it was like an old horse it was really friendly and like never kicked anybody and as long as i stayed close to its butt even if it did kick i wouldn't be like like if you were a meter back you'd be, i guess be in direct like spot to get kicked and injured whereas if you're right up against his butt it can't really get the same like okay. leverage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, there was like techniques to like avoid uh, maximum injury if I did get kicked. But uh, yeah, they with the magic of editing, they switched it out for uh, the stunt 
step dude. That's awesome. <laughs> so do you have a favorite episode of the show? It could be one that you were on or not, or like a favorite story arc of the show that you enjoy. Gosh, you know, um, I was just watching like last year or this past winter for the first time in years, I was watching some trailer park boys and is it season four or five where uh, Mr. Leahy and like the gets obsessed with propane and like like goes I think after it was Ricky? Season, I want to say it was season four. Yeah, propane, propane. <laughs> yeah, that one I'd only seen that season once and got to see it again. <laughs> it was really like like there's so much. I, it's like, so ridiculous. I had forgotten about or just missed on the first viewing. It was really a pleasure to to watch. But I mean, I I do have a soft spot for the early seasons when it was. Just like sort of more natural, like like I think when no one thought the show was going to go anywhere, so it was almost like a different sort of approach to it. I feel than once it became like an established and like sort of popular show. Uh, I still like the the later seasons. Like, I think it's you know like funny and very well written still, but yeah, the the, the early seasons are. Uh, are extra special it's weird it feels like it's almost like a home movie or something of like a bunch of friends just hanging out so a lot of the earlier seasons feel super real like as, as ridiculous as the situations are the characters are just yeah. more fleshed out and they're more and it's and it's like less i mean it's still pretty ridiculous in the early yeah, seasons yeah. and it seems like obvious that it's like scripted yeah, but yeah. it's less obviously scripted like than it is in the later seasons when it's sort of a bit more formulaic okay. uh in in the way they handle things i think but yeah, you mean those early years were that was like the first years of like mockumentary type um, like shows, and and those weren't something that were around that much before Trailer Park Boys. So it uh, they were you know they were trailblazers at least to some degree in in that respect, uh, which yeah, which one forgets like you know twenty years later now. 21 years later see that's funny that you say that i actually made a couple videos last year talking about how it was my theory that it's always sunny in philadelphia like took some ideas of certain things from trailer park boys and like put it into their story somehow it was of course my theory and i like did comparison but some of the stuff was kind of strange man it's kind of (laughs) compelling yeah yeah definitely i'm not that familiar with that show although from what i've seen Funny, like, like I just thought it was just like just another sitcom, quote unquote. But it's it, it's not. It's it's definitely racier and oh, yeah. like funnier. Uh, for, like I've seen some some stuff recently, I guess. But yeah, like that show, and like I remember like the show. My name is Earl. Thinking that was sort of like a bit of a ripoff of Trailer Park Boys, at least in certain like yeah. certain certain, certain character ways, uh, types and stuff and storylines. Yeah. Although maybe it's just part of the way like genres kind of happen, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't doubt it was influential. There was um, just like one one thing in particular that I that was like my smoking gun was, you know, Bubbles is the green bastard. There is a character in uh, It's Always Sunny, Charlie, who also is obsessed with cats, and he also dresses up as a green character from time to time in certain episodes. And I was like, what a oh, strange, yeah. what a strange series of coincidences. That's odd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it could have been bad. nothing. It could have just been like they really liked the show, but you never know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. Um, I need to watch more of. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia to be able to uh, give a proper uh, um, judgment. Totally I guess, different for, show. For, totally uh, different yeah. setup and everything. But I just feel like every once in a while, little things like holy shit, that reminds me of this show, of this episode. Hey, are you um, are you smoking uh, weed? Yeah, Mister Dabber. I got, I got my ring right here. What should I call you, by the way? What's your uh, 
My name's Nate, but you can call me uh, you can call me Dabber. <laughs> Dabber. Yeah, but I was holding off. I didn't, I didn't want to get too big right before uh, coming on air, but same, I will do a same I got, here. <laughs> I got this dirty old. Uh, I, I should have cleaned this before putting it on film. Someone gave me this uh, earlier in the year. It's Ooh. like a little electric nail you plug in, and so you do little dabs with it, not That's giant cool. ones, but little dabs is all I. A little dab will do you. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, cheers, indeed. man. I got mine right here with some uh, Scooby and Shaggy pictures on it. Oh, nice. <laughs> what are you dabbing? I got some live resin, some OG Kush live resin. I'm doing some. Uh... See, this was also just sent to me by the same uh, the two two six dank folks, but I got it's a uh, CO two diamonds and oh. sauce. Oh. Pink candy sour diesel. That sounds fucking delicious, man. You know, I, I've been meaning to look up what like what diamonds are and how they make them. Um, I've I've been given them once or twice before, and so I know they're like white or transparent. Yeah, yeah. Weed. <laughs> it's basically THCA crystals that have gotten so concentrated that they just formed into one big crystal instead of being separated as the trichomes all over the the actual butt. And like, how is it different from like shatter? Like, because shatter, just, I, I think of as one giant crystal as well. Although it's, it's just like, a different process, and there's yeah. different temperatures that they have to literally cook the the stuff at after they extract it. And they put it into a vacuum chamber, and different pressures of the vacuum chamber will lead to different textures and different results. And they can refine it even further and just get the THCA alone, and that's when it starts crystallizing. And then they add terpenes back into it to make it like the diamonds and sauce. It's so good, though, man. Oh, my God. Huh. So the sauce refers to, like, terpenes having been added back into it? Mm-hmm. Or the consistency, if it's just called a sauce, it could just be a uh, more goopy consistency oh, like to concentrate. If, it, if it's saucy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a lightweight. Cheers. Yes, cheers. <laughs> Yum. That was good. My rig's actually really dirty, but it was it was still yummy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite right. way to consume? Do you like smoking flour? Obviously you like dabs, so that's fucking awesome. I'm getting I mean, folks have uh, sent me some concentrates, <coughs> so I've been smoking them. Um, <coughs> I, I don't really smoke flour is my uh, go-to. But, uh, yeah, I took a break from buying bud this month just to, like, start going through some of my accumulated other stuff. Uh, so I've been both – I stepped up my eating of Rick Simpson oil, which I make, and then Ooh. I'm mostly smoking just dabs and then – I've got a few like little vape carts people have sent me too. So I was like, so, I was. I'll say, what's your I process was, for making your your RSO? Uh, <coughs> pretty like, <coughs> I mean, it's quick and dirty. Um, I do have like a vacuum, like a machine called the Source Turbo. It's like a vacuum chamber that. Uh, so I guess it it, it it collects the alcohol again, mm -hmm. or you know, like, like you get maybe seventy five percent of it back. Um. 
and it also cooks the RSO at a lower temperature than you would like in the rice cooker. Like it's like okay. under vacuum. So, although I end up like finishing it with uh, like 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 decarbing it basically on a little like Mr. Coffee hot plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm cooking it like, or I guess heating it up to some degree. So like the um, I'm not utilizing the I'm not taking full advantage of like the low temperatures of the vacuum chamber thing, which some people I guess do. Uh, maybe like less terpenes get cooked off, or that's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, but th- but then just make sure it's decarbed. I I cook it all down. Uh, I guess often I've also done somewhere. I guess it's not Rick Simpson oil. It's more of a maybe Rick Simpson tincture. Okay. Yeah. Where, where uh, since I'm not using um, like when I first was making it, I would use isopropyl alcohol, which you, you'd need to purge all out because yep. it's you know, not food properly. safe. But I'm using, uh, yeah, food safe ethanol now. So uh, sometimes I, I, I leave like alcohol in there. So it's like a really strong tincture, not the super thick tar yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the oil. That must be more convenient to carry around with you <laughs> in a little vial or something. Um, it is, you know, the, I end up just using the, these syringes, which I keep the oil in because even better. I guess they. They seem more convenient because I just know how strong it is. Basically, like when it's reduced all the way, you just know you're at like yeah, yeah. a certain concentration. Whereas when I leave alcohol in, I'm not really sure. Like depending how much That's material I started with, I don't know how strong it is. But it's just like I had all these tincture bottles, so I was like, well, I may as well like keep tinctures too. Like um, tinctures are cool, but I've got so much now, I just can't uh, like can't get through uh, them all. <laughs> I like like not even close. I mean, every, you know, if like one giant dose, <laughs> like one of these would be maybe half a gram of the Rick Simpson oil, maybe yeah. more, I guess, quarters of a gram, it, uh, something like that, I guess, of the oil would be maybe 500 milligrams of THC. I just don't know how it ever. It's crazy, man. I mean, folks say if you do take a course of, when you're taking a course of Rick Simpson oil, like you get sort of used to it and not, don't get that high anymore. But I don't see how that could be true. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> it's not in my experience. <laughs> yeah, eating a gram of that stuff, like I don't see how that could not like, put oh. you out time. Man, oh, man. Do you have any favorite strains or anything that you always kind of look for? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh... Yeah, you know, not really. I guess because, like, because, I mean, now with, like, on the legal market, I guess there's consistent strains around, uh, but in the black market, you know, where I grew up, they always be coming and going. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I always or often question the, you know, accuracy well, of, of course. you know, claim, claim strains. And sort of that, that's sort of come with, has come with me into my dope buying practices now. But, but I got, I guess I like like strong indicas. Okay. Um, but any, any, I guess any strong weed or any good weed. Any good weed, yeah. <laughs> so by definition, maybe, uh. I just like good weed, but like in general, because I smoke a lot, it tends to be like, you know, um, the heavy hitters are what I'm drawn to, to help, you know, break through the, uh, break through the fog or whatever. (laughs) Something about all those like underground markets is that you get a lot more variety. I feel like you get stuff that people have just crossed and just created like a few months ago. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like the variety of that. It was weed back before legalization. There was this weed I was getting in, I was living in Toronto at the time called uh, Pinky and the Brain. 
and I've since like looked it up online. It seems to be, you know, like I, I've seen it re- uh, mentioned, but there's no like saying what it is, what yeah, it's yeah. spread. From. But it's saying like, oh yeah, this is a really strong like medical weed. But then it's like that's all, and I, I don't. I mean, I haven't looked too hard, but like I haven't found seeds for it or anything, so I don't know if it's just something. Yeah, some name someone threw on the brain. another kind of weed or what, but. Uh, that was really great. I don't have to keep an eye out for that one. I've never heard of that one, man. I loved the cartoon when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never really I I'm I'm aware that the cartoon exists, but I'm not uh yeah, not familiar with it. I, I um I never watched it much. But the weed was great. <laughs> so are you into um into psychedelics at all? I've seen some like mushrooms and stuff in your R and your pictures. So is that something that you are consuming regularly or are you just cool with the idea yeah. of it? I I do. I've been doing like microdoses from time to time um, over the past number of years. I've done no like big doses in recent years, although I feel like I'm overdue for one big time. Um, I mean, as have you or do you do psychedelics? Oh, I do. Yeah, I microdose. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, folks who do psychedelics, I mean, I guess not everybody, but I'm sure a lot of people, even seasoned uh people who do it like when when you're like the prospect of doing a proper trip is it, it's kind of daunting it's kind of daunting <laughs> like you don't know what's gonna what, what's gonna happen although i feel like that I, I i could really benefit from a proper uh trip but but yeah i've i've been loving uh uh microdosing uh, these, awesome. uh, you know, these years and like really small doses i'm talking like like a two hundredth or a three hundredth of a of a hit of acid. Oh wow! So yeah, Type just side. enough like, to make your day better and make things not so bad. Yeah, I mean, and, and I was trying to do it so it would be. I mean, it, it depends what you got to do, but exactly. uh, yeah. like if you if it's supposed to if you're supposed to be able to function sort of you know quote unquote normally and be you know accomplishing tasks and doing work stuff, uh, it really needs to be, if not sub perceptual, very low perceptual. Mm-hmm. And I found. Like what's often mentioned for acid is a tenth of a dose as like, you know, something like what a microdose would be, which I couldn't have that for me, that would definitely not be subperceptual. I would definitely um, notice it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's definitely distracting and hard to do stuff. I mean, like you sure as hell wouldn't, you know, necessarily want to drive. Oh no, hell no. Or, or if, if, if you had to drive, that could be a major yeah. issue. Um, I mean, I, I work from home, so that's not normally a problem. But uh, <laughs> anyway, folks got to find their own dosages. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what, what works for them. Um, mushrooms I haven't tried. Uh, I do have some mushrooms around. I, I'd be willing to, like, you know, bust up a gram into what would it be, like, maybe a 50th or something or a 20th, 20th maybe. Um, but yeah, mushrooms. You know, you know. In recent years, when I have tried uh, like proper trips, like at a, at a festival here and there, I guess this, is, this would be pre-pandemic still. I've it's been mushrooms, and it's gone like yeah, sideways. Like it was like yeah, not having a good time, too high. Well, I find with mushrooms, like they 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 can often set me off that way. Like they're much. It's much more. You know what's going to happen with mushrooms with me, whereas something like LSD is sort of more reliable um perhaps it's more yeah it's more kind of predictable about where it's going to go the mushroom trip kind of goes wherever it goes depending on your emotions and like your setting and everything around you and i mean you could definitely go any direction but yes for for me mushrooms are really much more of a crazy wild card oh yeah 
Yeah. I feel like I've spoken about this on a podcast before, but uh, on, on my ni- 19th birthday, me and a bunch of my friends did mushrooms. And they hit me just, like, terribly. I think I did about two grams of them. But I ended up, like, first I was just, like, lying in the grass, like, writhing, uh, like, near my friend's house. Oh, no. This is in Ottawa. But then I ended up in the hospital. Oh, I, shit. I, I, I made my friends call an ambulance for me, even though they are like, no, oh, dude, no ambulance. Like, let's just go to the park and, like, chill. I was like, I know, I know. It sounds crazy, but, like. I was sure I was going to stop breathing. Like, yeah. oh, it was so, in retrospect, it's just nothing but embarrassing. But uh, I was like, yeah, I know, guys, just go with the, go to that phone booth, call the cops, and then you like, go I run need to go right now. Like, I, I, need, I, I need medical professionals to like help keep me alive right now. <laughs> I feel like right we all have, arrive, we all reached that limit, man. <laughs> my God. But most people, yeah, like, you hope your friends can talk you out of it. Although my friends tried, it was, you know, to, to their benefit. Uh, and I, I made them basically call. Um, but then right when the ambulance and the cops arrived, I was like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have called, shouldn't have called an ambulance. <laughs> Instant regret. <Damn. laughs> yeah. uh, now I'm in the system's care. Oh, man. Luckily, I started to come down after a while and, uh, you know, made it through. But, man, oh, man, that was a rough night. <laughs> Your first time you ever smoked weed, did you feel, did you get high? Because I remember the first time I smoked, I didn't even get high. I was, we were sharing one bowl between like six people. We all took one hit of it and it was nothing. You know, yeah, I got, you know, but not normally high. Like it was, it was, it was a strange afternoon slash evening. I remember it pretty well. But no, I, I wasn't like properly buzzed. So yeah, so like you know, maybe the answer is no, or maybe the answer is like kind of slightly. It kind of made you aware of how it could feel. Yeah, that I was, I was in. That was also in Ottawa. That's where I you know, grew up and came of age. Um, and me and my buddy went to a uh, like a show at Carleton University. It was an all ages, uh, mu- like like music show. And we got this guy, we both worked at this restaurant, and we got this other guy, Neil, to buy us some weed. <laughs> and so we maybe had like a gram or two each. And so we just went early to the show and went and sat in the grass, like maybe like, you know, two or three meters from each other, and just like rolled joints separately and just smoked our own joints <laughs> and like started talking to each other, like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Expecting like totally like pink elephants and who knows what to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then I just remember sort of being like at the show, like, and kind of being like, kind of like a bit tired <laughs> like really, really tired. and like shit wasn't kicking off like i was expecting yeah, like, yeah. you know like an acid trip um and so yeah it was strangely anticlimactic mm-hmm. and uh so like, i think i was so primed up for like yeah like a crazy like looney tunes acid trip that the you know relatively uh subtle weed you know experience yeah. uh, didn't even show up but it's funny because I, I think the weed was probably pretty shitty because i think i should have gotten like like you would notice if you smoked like a good joint oh yeah um although is it something that happens to people like does a smoke first time smoking not people I, not get high i've is heard a lot of people and there was actually a friend of mine that i tried to get high with like an eighth of bud and they just did not get high until the last bowl that they smoked and i gave them the entire eighth kept packing bowls pack we're in the woods packing bowls packing bowls then as soon as we started walking back, then they started feeling, and they're like, oh, my God, the ground's moving, and I think I'm stuck in time. And I was like, no, you're good. She's like, it feels like I'm walking through frames of time right now. I don't, I don't know what to do. 
but for yeah, like an bad. hour before that, <laughs> constant smoking with no result, and all of a sudden, just all at once. So it's strange because the first time I think it was just because I didn't get Dude. to smoke enough. Because when I smoked enough, I felt stoned. But for some people, they just don't get high the first time. You got to try it two or three times, and that's it's crazy to me. Yeah, like, I can't remember my second time smoking weed specifically like which probably means it was it worked <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i can't remember my second time either I remember the first time i really got stoned and after that it was kind of a blur like i remember yeah times like i remember lots of times like you know in high school i like, smoking weed after the, fir- like, yeah, after yeah, that after first, the first time, time. <laughs> but yeah it's, it, it's totally not specific like yeah huh it just became part of the routine of hanging out with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like every day after yeah. that. Uh, it was like there was only hash around for oh. the first few years. This is like in the 90s. Like after that first time getting weed, then it went straight to like nothing but hash for a couple of years. And then weed came back. Into See, the I, scene. I wish we had hash around here. That's such a fucking like rare golden gem around here. It's insane. Unless somebody makes it themselves, but it's very rare in my area. It's not available like I mean, in dispensaries. It is, but for like eighty bucks Where, a gram. What area do you live in? Is in North, Northeast, much? in Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, but I've seen hash for like eighty bucks a gram at a dispensary with like that's not oh, even wow. tax included. Like you're gonna have to pay fucking twenty bucks tax. Like, so is that like made in the states hash, or is that like old school smuggled? No, hash? every that's that's like at a dispensary, the state tested it yeah. and everything but the legal like it, legal hash the very on the rare occasion i've gotten it from people it was like 20 30 bucks a gram and it was fucking beautiful and then it just never came around again i just people yeah, just probably like, don't look for it here in the legal market there's hash around but like whenever i've tried it i've been disappointed and then also like illegal hash in canada in like all the times in the past like 10 years it's been disappointing yeah. until i was Actually, I was at some dispensaries uh, in Ontario on a native reserve. Where here, the native reserves do what they want, like they and, and the government doesn't hassle them. I guess they do what the like what the band agrees that you know that they can do. So they like there's dispensaries on a lot of them, and That's awesome. they can sell stuff from the from the non licensed producers, and the government doesn't shut them down. It's incredible. That's how it should be, man. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's nice. Um, and so and and they, I, I went to this one in Ontario where they had a bunch of different kinds of hash, and uh, it's apparently and it, it seemed to be like old school, like oh. imported hash, you know, like smuggled in from you know. So like they had Nepalese hash, all these different ones, like like north of India. And so I, I bought some of those, and they were amazing, man. So like nice. just just do a do a couple of BTS and. Yeah. Like, which is the classic, like, again, like, that's because that, that's all we had in high school for the longest time was BT, like, like hash, and we would do BTs all the time because it was, like, an ec- econo- economical way to smoke. You know, what what are BTs? Explain to me. Oh, uh, uh, bottle toast. Oh, bottle yeah, toast. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so you'd have a, uh, like, a bottle like this, yep. you cut a little hole in the bottom, and then with a cigarette, you would, like, you, you break off a little, like, hash in a little balls, like, maybe one or two mils mm-hmm. across. And you would just like touch the cigarette onto the little uh, ball of hash. It would stick to the um, to the cigarette, and you stick it in through the hole. And then you would collect the hash smoke in your bottle, and then dig off the top, remove the cigarette, and oh, bottle tote. Old school fucking dabbing. That's great. 
Yeah, yeah, like dirty, yeah, dirty <laughs> tobacco tabs. But like, you know, three, like like a good test for hash or like the standard was like three bottles of should, you know, give you a good buzz. Okay. And and if you weren't like, you know, decently high after three bottles of like, you know, it was very good hash. <laughs> really good hash, like one bottle of and you'd be, um, and that's what this stuff, this, uh, this stuff I got, yeah, from like off the reserve, this, like, I bought this, this Manali stuff was, the was the best of the best, which is a place in Northern India. And it really, like, it smelled like old school nineties hash mm. and tasted like it. And, uh, it was great. That's great. And, and, man. It, and it was 15 bucks a gram, I think. Uh, although it could have been 12. It, it might, like they had a whole bunch of hash on option, but I just went for the, like the it's most expensive ones. Awesome. Because I didn't want to be disappointed, and I and I wasn't. Finally, it was great. Oh man! Um, I also i I've, I've traveled to India a bunch, and like there, when you buy hash, it's often like it's it's usually good. Sometimes it's like mediocre, but uh, I I have had good hash over the last like decade. But yeah, not in Canada until yeah this past like like a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, it was nice. Things were redeemed here in. Uh, in the country. <laughs> What's your favorite place that you've traveled to that you ended up smoking their hash or their weed? Because that's awesome that you travel. Like, what was the one memorable, memorable place that you could go back to if you could all the time? Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of tough to say. Uh, although, I mean, maybe India, because I, I do go back there a bunch. I've, I've been cool. back there the most. So maybe that's like, that is, you know, that answers the question. But, I mean, I've been to other places that are super awesome that I'd love to return to. It was harder to get weed in Peru, but Peru is like Peru is a, a total trip. And there's a, they have other good drugs. <laughs> what do they got over there? Uh, psychedelic cactus. Oh, uh, okay. Like San Pedro, it's sometimes called. Um, mm -hmm. It's called Huachuma down there. Huachuma, and that you can just buy at like markets That's like the bee. You know, maybe someone's selling like the the powder, or or, or just chunks That's like chunks crazy, of the cactus man. that they've chopped down. Um, I did get weed in uh, it's it's around weed in in Peru, but yes, it not as readily available as in some other places. If you had to, but Peru Peru's crazy. It's such a, like the crazy ancient like civilizational aspects to it, like like the, the Sacred Valley and all the like in Cusco, the old city city which is uh they've restored it like just made with all these giant rocks it, it, it's nuts like the the beautiful uh, inca architecture is like mind-blowing uh so yeah i i'd like to go back there there I've, I've been there once and would love to return what was the sketchiest situation if you could remember that you were trying to get weed in a country and you were like oh fuck this is not gonna end well i should not have done this should not have talked to this oh, person. Man. Yeah, well, it's never. I mean, definitely like had the paranoia many times. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to get busted now, and that's never happened. Knock wood. But the sketchiest time was yeah when I uh, we had me and my buddy had a uh, had knife pull, pulled on us in Morocco, um, and we were basically robbed at like yeah knife point in a crowded market. In a crowded market. Holy right shit. after, actually, right after, and uh, right before the guy pulled his knife, like this dude was being sketchy to us, and then, but there, there was a cop like over there, so we walked towards the cop, and when we got close to the cop, the cop nodded to the guy, the guy nodded to the cop, and the cop just left, and the guy pulled the knife. So it was like a police-sanctioned robbery in oh a crowded God. market. 
Which Holy was like, yeah, shit. that was very disconcerting. Me and my buddy left Morocco uh, the day after. We weren't really, uh, this is like, we were 19 and like totally out of our element, not world uh, wise at all. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a rude reckoning. Uh, it was also like off season, so like we were the only tourists there. We weren't with any kind of like tour group or anything, so we were just like stuck the out. only the, the only targets and like total ripe fruit for picking. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was sketchy. <laughs> I appreciate your time, man. I'm think I'm going to wrap it up here. I'll stop the recording and everything. This has been a great talk. I really appreciate you coming on and just having a chat with me, smoking with me. It was awesome. Oh man, it's uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, uh, I hope I wasn't rambling too no, much. No, you were. I feel like I have. This is this is a great time. I like I said, I appreciate yeah, you doing that, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, uh, good, good to talk to you. Um, and uh, yeah, n- n- nice to meet you. Do you have anything that you want to plug or promote or, or anything before we go? That's oh, great, great to meet you too, man. I really fucking appreciate this. Yeah, check out my uh, my Instagram. Is uh, Jacob Collins TPB or for art? It's floating dot world dot studio. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a follow if you so desire. <laughs> oh yeah, his art is incredible. You will find something that you like. What's your website? Because I see you, you have some prints on your site too, right? Oh sure, yeah. Um, uh, Bam dot ca b triple a m dot ca is my website. So yeah, that's where you can go directly to like that's yeah, cool. look at what's for sale. Um, so yeah, I, I screen print stuff. I illustrate stuff and then do screen prints of my illustrations. Um, or I mean, there's also a few reproductions. Like this is one printed off by like a company. So this isn't a screen print. The, the stuff I do is a bit smaller than this, like with my setup here at my house. But yeah, yeah, you can get like hard copies of my art or cool. shirts. Nah, I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I hope we can do this again sometime. And I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Have a good afternoon and a, and a good weekend. Thanks, man. You too. Have a good one. Take it easy. Yeah.